Good morning, everybody, and welcome. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88, right across the Faith FM network in this amazing country we call Australia. It is The Breakfast Show. You are with Lyle and... Mon. And, of course, this is Positively Different Radio. Mm -hmm. Just had to bring that in there. Yeah, absolutely it is. And it's Friday the 29th of June when we're recording this, but you might be actually listening to this on the I other side of the weekend. I will guarantee that you will be listening to it on a day other than Friday the 29th. So if you are wondering why the news is old, that's because you are out of date and you're listening to the delayed broadcast. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get with the times, mm-hmm. what do you do, Mon? You have to do one of two things. Uh, you jump on our live show, which can be done either by going to our website, which is faithfm.com.au, and just press play on the uh, live stream. Or you can download the TuneIn app, which we recommend highly. Because and of course, a couple of days ago, it. I got back from the States and that's how I listened to mm-hmm. Faith FM and made sure that Mon was... <laughs> uh, Keeping in line. Staying in line while I was away. <laughs> yes, it's Not actually really too great. too much fun without me. The TuneIn app can work anywhere on the planet as long as you have a uh, Wi-Fi connection and then it just it doesn't drop out. It has a great signal. And uh, yeah, you can listen to it any time of day. Um, you just got to download the app. It's called TuneIn. You can download the free version of course don't pay for it and then just search for faith fm australia and you can favorite us and you can you know use it through your aux cable you can play it through your bluetooth in your car it's it's great i love it absolutely now coming up on today's show we have a news story about space butter Mm, space butter is it delicious we find out (laughs) (laughs) and we talk about we we talk to an old friend of mine laurie stanton from tasmania about his dad Mm -hmm. who i can vaguely remember from when i was about six years old Mm -hmm. who's just been inducted into the uh, fruit growers fruit growers hall of fame yeah and uh, his testimony, his story of how he came to God and uh, and the effect that it has had on his business, building a, a large fruit growing and then later earth moving business down there in Tasmania. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the man who gave you your first job and your first home away from home. That's right. Yeah, very interesting. Yep, had more of an effect on my life than he probably realized. Mm-hmm. So that's coming up and more. Uh, what are you talking about this morning, Mon? Oh, we have some great stories today. One that makes me feel dishonest. <laughs> Oh, that's right. Yes, <laughs> Mon has a little bit of a confession this yeah, morning. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure some of our listeners would confess the same thing with me. <laughs> and then we also have a really, a really wonderful good news story, which uh, which we turned into a bit of a challenge about invisible people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So stay tuned for that one as well. And of course, we have our encountering with God. It's our last um, session, our last Bible study coming from this particular study guide. Next time you listen to the show, we'll be using the new study guide all about the book of Acts. The book of Acts. Join us the world over as we study the book of Acts together. So that's our show for today. Stay tuned. Got more great programming coming up right after this. Trust in your Father's love Don't let doubt enter into your heart Every breath that you breathe is a gift from Him He is close to you and closer still Do not bow your head down low Regretting and fretting Feeling dismayed See through new eyes The old self has died Do not go back to your old chains 
your life cost him dearly Even the life of his son That you might be redeemed You are forgiven and clean Arise and walk in the freedom he bought for you I was lost in sin But you reached down and pulled me out To be lost in your great love So rich and measureless Strong and boundless Never-ending love Never-ending That was Melissa Otto with Senior Eyes here on Faith FM. And Mon, do we have a quiz this morning? Yes, we do. Let's see if I can stump you, seeing as you've got your jet lag brain on. Mm. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is a what book am I? <clears throat> Actually, no, skip that one. We've done that one before. Just recognise that one. <laughs> we must be. Uh, we must be starting to get through this pile. We have mm. been going since we have been going for six months now, Mon. Yeah, I know, but it's it's a pretty big pile. You'd, you'd think that we would it would be almost unending, but I have a feeling that sometimes um, they get uh, knocked over the pile. <laughs> yeah, this is very true. <laughs> <laughs> they okay, who am I? This All is right, obviously a Bible character. First clue: My estate went to the queen when Xerxes put me to death. Yes, know who that is. If you think you know who it is, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. And uh, we'll send you the prize. Mm, yeah. This person was an Amalekite. Oh, they were, were they? There's another clue for you. Oh, I fancy that. Thanks, yeah. Lyle. Bonus what, clue. What were they doing in Persia? I don't know. But anyway, they were there. Yeah, that's they good, should yeah, not have. They question. should not have been alive. Yeah, well... Because the Amalekites were supposed to be wiped out, but they weren't. Oh, mm. oh! I didn't know that little backstory on him. Yeah. How very interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't end up being alive for very much longer he anyway. He was descended so. from Amalekite royalty. Oh, mm-hmm. maybe that's why he had a chip on his shoulder. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he knew his history of, you know, uh-huh. hundreds of years, years back, for sure. He was trying to regain that, no doubt. No wonder he couldn't eat humble pie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that was one of his big problems. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm sure everyone knows who we're talking about now. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of clues right there. Okay, so the shortest day of the year has already passed. Oh, it already has. So the days are getting longer now. They are getting longer. This is fantastic news. Heading towards they passed, summer. They passed. I, I missed the shortest day by being in America. So oh. I had the longest day while I was there. The shortest day uh, you had back here was the 21st of June. I remember that day. Thursday. Oh, yeah. You do? You remember? Like, it's like really short. You're like, wow, the sun's gone down already? Was yeah, it's that- gone. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't really. <laughs> it was about three seconds shorter than the day before it. <laughs> oh, and also we've got a shout out to uh, one of our listeners, Caleb, who is indeed a patrol driver. He texts us through to our number and he's like, I'm listening in my, in my patrol whose name is Juan. <laughs> there you go. Shout out to Caleb and his patrol named Juan. Yeah. Any other patrol listeners, give us a shout out. I mean, give us a shout out. We'll give you a shout out. Just text us 0491 <laughs> Hey, Lyle, remember how a while ago uh, we talked about a story um, and we were questioning how honest we would be uh, if we had been the person in the story because um, a person had was looking through an old house and found a bunch of a bag of diamonds in a drawer in an old chest yes, of drawers. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But they were very honest and they, and they contacted the owner and they said, look, we found a bag of diamonds in your old house. Mm-hmm. Okay, similar story. I'm going to re-ask the question because the parameters have changed a little bit, right? What if someone donated an item 
And then you found money sort of in amongst the donations. Would you think it was all right to keep it? Because, <laughs> I mean, technically they did donate it, right? Yeah, well, I, I think that um, even more so with a donation, um, I, and I guess this is because I've worked extensively with donations um, throughout my life, uh-huh. um, being in self-supporting work for about 10 years and so, is donations are very sensitive and so that's a particular situation where you need to call them up and say, hey, we discovered this, did you intend for that to be a part of the donation? Okay, because Ray Reinhardt, He's, funnily enough, my dad's name is Reinhard. Yeah, I was um, going to say, is, yeah. this a, is there a connection here somewhere? <clears throat> no, no, slightly different spelling. Uh, they're in Santa Monica. Hey, that's my name. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, his mother passed away and so he decided to donate her doll collection. And you recently sold your mother's doll, didn't you, at the at the yeah, markets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very similar to those kind of dolls, you know, um, supposed to be cute but totally creepy. And, uh, and so he donated her doll collection and the uh, yeah, the we set we set that doll up in uh, in my son's bedroom one time and just completely freaked him out. You set it up in the room that in the guest room and I came over one yeah. time and freaked me out. <laughs> it's the scariest thing ever. Anyway, so the people working at the op shop they got all these boxes of dolls, right? Mm-hmm. But in one of the boxes they found an envelope. And there was $36,000 oh, in cash. Oh, my goodness. In cash, right? <laughs> now, I got to tell you, if I was working at an op shop and I was sorting through the junk that people leave outside the front door of an op shop, right, and I found an envelope with thirty six grand in it, I'd have a very, very hard time <laughs> getting that back. You would be hoping like, I hope we can't find the owner <laughs> of this donation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not even sure I would tell my manager. I'd be like, hey, I might just purchase this envelope. Envelope for us, fifty cents. I need an envelope, you know. <laughs> um, anyway, but these were very super honest uh, op shop workers. Yeah, nice. They actually managed to um, contact the original owner and let him know that they found uh, a stash of his mother's cash and returned it to him. Hmm. Um, and uh, and did you know they then took the dolls and they were donated to an orphanage instead of just being sort of the op shop. Oh, nice. Yeah, they, they felt like you know something good had to come out of this. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, That's an awesome story. Yeah, it makes me wonder how naughty I am though. It sort of like shines a light on a part of my character I might not want to have light shine yeah, on. Yeah, well, you know, hey, <laughs> and I think that's why these stories come up sometimes is they can, uh, you know, God uses them to remind us that mm-hmm. honesty is what make, really makes the world go round. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me tell you about a beautiful story. This one makes me so happy. So at the University of Bristol in America, there is a custodian, which is a cleaner basically, Herman Gordon, and he is apparently so loved by everyone at this university for his positive attitude and his happy-go-lucky nature. And um, there's some tweets here from a student saying, uh, the Jamaican cleaner in the med library is the jolliest man I have ever met. He makes me smile even when I'm in the deepest depths of revision or trying to be. If you want a reason to smile, go talk to him for a minute or two. And there's another one that says he is the epitome of happiness. And um, because, you know, working as a cleaner didn't wasn't getting that much of a wage and he hadn't, uh, he hadn't been able to go back to his home country of Jamaica mm-hmm. for a long time with a wife to see, you know, to see his family. So he, the students of the University of Bristol, um, when they found this out, they started a crowdfunding page and they all chipped in a little bit 
and managed to raise enough money to buy him a plane <laughs> Isn't ticket. Isn't that fantastic? I love it. A plane ticket for him and his wife to go home to Jamaica to visit their family. How sweet is that? Uh, Just so, so awesome. heartwarming. Um, such a beautiful story. So I've got a little video. I'll post it up on our socials, on our Insta and our Facebook and our Twitter of him, um, you know, receiving this envelope full of money and he, and he starts crying. And he does look like a happy, jolly Jamaican. Look at his little face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. And it's, it's so nice when... You know, some of these jobs tend to be invisible jobs. Yeah, it's true. You know, your uh, your security guard, your um, janitor. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they tend to be invisible jobs. But it's so nice that here you've got somebody who's working an invisible job and has made an effort to make um, you know everybody else's life happy. I remember we were staying in uh, Denver, Colorado, for about six months one time doing an evangelistic program, and the security guard there. You know, he just you know it was a pretty boring job really. He cruised around on a um, on his on his little golf buggy. And uh, and just sort of kept an eye on things in, mm. the, in, in the apartment complex where we were staying, you see. But he always took the time out to be super friendly to everybody and we really appreciated it so much. My boys loved him to death. You know, they'd always go out pretending to shoot him, you know, like <laughs> blazing away with their, with their, with finger, their guns. Um, finger guns. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he'd, he'd be half fallen out of the, out of the golf cart and <laughs> dragging himself along the ground. <laughs> they're, they're, are, great memories. Yeah, you know, they're an important and an integral part of our society, cleaners and, and security guards and um, the people who do the 4D work. What is it? Um, dangerous, dirty, um, those those kind of jobs. Sure. Yeah, and uh, if without them, you know, the place would have been absolute chaos. I remember when I was in Rome back in 2008 mm-hmm. um, and there was a protest going on, something to do with the mafia and the government and uh, and the, the garbage collectors were on strike. I tell you what, nothing turns an entire city into an absolute stinking heap of a mess then when your garbos decide mm-hmm. to go on mm-hmm. strike and mm-hmm. the junk piles up outside the door. I remember we were trying to get into museums and we couldn't get from the bus to the front door because there was just piles of trash and the whole place stunk in the sweltering summer sun. It makes you really appreciate the people that are usually invisible. Yeah. I tell you what. Yep. Absolutely. So if you see an invisible person today, go up and shake their hand and thank them for their service. You have no idea just how grateful you are until they're gone. Absolutely. So, yeah. And then uh, tell us about the kind of risk. Give us a call. Tell us about yeah. the kind of response that you get. Yeah, absolutely. But make, it your, make it your point today to find somebody in one of these invisible jobs and to, uh, and to thank them for what they're doing because they really do make our mm. world go around. Mm. At my last job, I worked at a health retreat and we had a cleaner and she just made it a point to always sing while she worked. Mm. And uh, our patients would often, when they would exit, they would give the feedback and say that her singing really uplifted them. So, you know, they do even like a little tiny thing. Wouldn't, wouldn't happen if I tried it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a call. Tell us what you're grateful for and tell us a story about how you thanked a usually invisible person. We're going to have Anna Weather up with At The Cross. Beautiful song. Have a ponder of these lyrics. Alas, and did my saviour bleed Did my sovereign would he devote that sacred head for someone such as I? At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, the burden of my heart rolled away. And it was there by faith I received my sight. Is it for Christ that I have done 
was Anna Weatherup. Anna Weatherup, I should say, with At The Cross here on Faith FM. Mon, do we have another clue for us? Yes, indeed we do. Have you posted it yet? I, I'm about to post um, the, the ahead of time clues on our, um, our Instagram. So mm-hmm. if you jump on Insta and go to Faith FM Live, all lowercase one word, you will find clues ahead of time. And the next clue is, oh, this Who Am I quiz. I looked for a way to destroy all the Jews throughout Xerxes' kingdom. Mm-hmm. Bit of a psycho. It's been, it's been tried a few times. Oh, yeah. Throughout history. Yeah. And failed. Uh, miserably. miserably. Yeah. yeah. Never okay. going to happen. So, Mon, space. Space? Let's talk about space. Okay. Space is not actually space. Oh, it's a... What is it then? <laughs> okay, so the theory, the, the, the concept of space is that if you have space, then there is nothing there, right? Please don't be into string theory. <laughs> but go on. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Anyway, don't ask. We won't go there. Okay, so space is not space. Researchers have found out that space is not space because there is something in space. Ah. Oh. Guess what it is? Planets. Butter. <laughs> this is so much worse than string theory. <laughs> I thought I was like, no, he can't be doing like one of those sort of flat earthy string theory things. Oh, but no, we are. We're doing butter. <laughs> Please explain. Are there some space cows that got milked and they're making space butter? <laughs> well, that might not be the kind of butter that you would want to spread on your toast. It's probably quite toxic. Well, hang on, I would totes eat space butter if there were space cows making space butter. I would totes stick that on some space. This is not made by. This is not made by uh, space cows. Space cows. This is made by carbon particles in a vacuum um, that form two main forms, which is um, grease-like forms, aliphatic or mothball-like, which is aromatic. So it smells nice. Uh, I wouldn't go there, but you can probably smell it. Yes. Okay. Uh, aromatic. I mean, there are certain things that are aromatic that um, don't necessarily smell nice. But anyway, they're able to reproduce it in a uh, oh. by creating a vacuum in a laboratory uh-huh. and creating the same kind of uh, you know attributes that you'd have in deep space and adding you know the carbon uh, particles and voila, they got uh, space butter. So are you saying that when we launch a rocket from Earth up to the moon, instead of flying through air or space, it's actually flying through butter? So instead of saying, let's go to space, we should say, let's go to butter? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Maybe not quite like that. Where, where exactly in space this is, being analyzed. is the butter? This has been analysed, of course, in deep space, and you have uh, much more bigger things to worry about out there, like small particles or even large particles that are floating around um, that you might bump into in space. But guess how much space butter there is in the Milky Way? Uh, um, By the way, the scientists aren't calling it space butter. Uh, that was 500 pats? They call it grease. Oh, they call it grease. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how much of it is there? Uh, okay, there is 10 billion trillion trillion tonnes of greasy matter. Oh, that's really? one with 34 zeros after it. Wow, that's a lot. That's of- just in the Milky Way. Just in the Milky Way. Yeah. Wow. I, I wonder what purpose it has. That's a really good question. That's something that went through my mind is why does this exist? Why is it there? Is it to help the planets spin nicely on their axles and the axles are greasy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? No, no. <laughs> so I'm having way too much fun with this story. <laughs> it's Friday. Give, give her a break, guys. It's Friday. It's the end of the week. Um <clears throat> Um, well, there's actually uh, no um, known people. But of course, scientists aren't looking for a reason for it to be there. Uh-huh. They're just noticing that it's there. Okay. Um, and my question is, one day will we find out that yeah. there is actually a reason for it to be there? Yeah. 
Um, you know, Surely there must be a reason uh, for it. Well, yeah, I, I would think that there is every possibility that, that there is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I See, I don't really know the difference between space and deep space. Is that like when someone says I'm driving west and they're going to Western Sydney and then when someone says I'm driving west and they're actually going to like Western Australia, is that the difference? Like it's just further from planet Earth space and then there's deep space which is like really really far away yeah i think so okay i'll I'll run with that okay cool so really 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 far away there's space butter Mm. yeah anyway that was interesting i thought that was interesting you know there is we know so little about our universe so little and uh, so much to learn we we will never run out of things to learn about our universe which is really really awesome it just tickles me pink that we have now developed enough technology to be able to discover space butter Mm -hmm. yeah that's that in and of itself is quite remarkable so yeah. Okay, here's another story. Mm-hmm. Um, the government's landmark foreign interference and espionage reforms would possibly fail, according to some politicians, if it went was challenged by the High Court. Wait, what? Yeah, I thought I might get a blank Yeah, look. it's Friday, Lyle. Okay, <laughs> <down>. <laughs> okay, so the government is introducing um, new foreign interference and espionage reforms. Okay. Um, so the idea behind this, of course, is that you know, it's been recognised that you know Russia has been trying to influence United States elections. Of course, the United States tried to tries to influence everybody's elections, mm-hmm. and the CIA. You know, well, they they, they don't just try and interfere interfere with elections; they interfere with heads of state and all uh-huh. kinds of stuff. Uh-huh. They create create states all over the world, and of course, the Australian government seeing all this happening and seeing the power that there is obviously within social media and these kind of avenues to be able to influence other nations has brought in legislation to try and curb that, so that. If you get caught sharing um, information that is damaging to the government mm-hmm. overseas, then you are in trouble. Oh, okay, good. Well, except that, mm-hmm. except that, uh, Amnesty International Australia has now, of course, found that um, is now a crime for a charity to expose human rights violations to the United Nations. Oh, that's not good. So there, there is a there is a subtle, um, you know, we, we, we look at a law like this and like, yeah, this is a good law to bring this in. You know, they've got lots of, all those kind of trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't want Russians influencing our elections through Facebook or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but whenever we do something like this, there's always, you know, there always seems to be an iron fist in that velvet glove somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Because that's really an authoritarian type of government that says, okay, you get caught criticising us, we'll throw you in jail. That, yeah, that, that's absolutely what that is. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's been the openness and the freedom to criticise that has meant that we live in a country where people have been held to account mm-hmm. and that has created good society and ultimately, um, you know, we know from our study of the Bible and particularly Revelation chapter 13 that it's going to be laws like this that will infringe on our religious liberty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, because if you get a situation, of course, where you know people's religious liberty is being infringed upon uh, and then Amnesty International wants to step in, for instance, or Amnesty International Australia wants to step in and, and shine a light on that and go to the United Nations and say, hey, you know, look what's happening down here in Australia, of course, then uh, they can be thrown in jail for it. Yeah, that's that's dangerous. I'm no longer into those laws. That sounds actually quite disgusting. Yeah, it's um, <clears throat> it's one of those things that, uh, yeah, yeah, we need to. Um, Has the law actually passed already? Uh, it's in the process. Oh no. Yeah. 
No, that's just the world in which we live, you know. Mm-hmm. The Bible says these things will happen. We shouldn't be surprised when we see them happening. And they will take place one step at a time. And, of course, you know, we live in a world which is, you know, which is peaceful and everybody's happy and this is not affecting, you know, the average person on the street and it gets uh, put up in Parliament. It's shared in glowing terms, and people don't stop to, to take think. seriously mm-hmm. the implications of what they are actually doing and what they are actually putting, uh, you know, voting through. Do you think that's also the fault of the politicians for not just completely spelling out the changes that this law will bring? You know, instead of just just you know highlighting, I think it's part of their agenda. Yeah, yeah. That's my that's my personal conspiracy theory for the day. I think that there is an agenda to infringe upon. Uh, human rights and create a more authoritarian form of government, mm-hmm. and that's based on my understanding of Bible prophecy. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at the uh, what the Bible says, there will definitely be less freedom at the end of time than what we experience right now, mm. which is a shame. Yeah, and yeah. so it's a it's a sign really that Jesus is coming back soon. Yeah, which is not a shame. Yeah, oh, that's absolutely. good news. Absolutely good news. I do think you know uh, to have complete freedom. You know, I know people want to often you know try and outlaw people saying mean things or whatever it is, but. I think freedom means you should be able to say whatever you want, even if it makes other people upset. Yeah. So. Um, okay, one more quick story. Just, yeah, uh, go on. Just before go we finish on. off. Um, sexual assault. We've also, we've obviously had the Me Too campaign. Mm-hmm. We've got increasingly strict legislation to deal with it. Going up or going down, do you think? Uh, going up. And by how much percent last year? Maybe like 50%. No, not that. that. <laughs> <laughs> I, d- I don't know. 13% is in it some really, states. Is it going up or is it just being exposed? It's going up. And the reason behind that, of course, is that you know, your Me Too campaign and your, your laws about you know workplace um, safety and all those kind of things and, and, and not speaking inappropriately are doing nothing about what the real problem is. And the real problem is pornography. Yeah, absolutely. And pornography is on the rise. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Just... And as long as, that's the, as long as that's on the rise, so sexual will, yeah, assault yeah. will be rising. Give us a call if you have an opinion about anything we chatted about this morning. We'd love to talk about it with you on air. Our number is 1-800-FAITH-FM.
Listening to Derry Doherty here with uh, All to Jesus I Surrender on Faith FM. And uh, Mon, very quickly, do we got a, a, another um, clue for our quiz? Yes, clue number three on this Who Am I quiz is You Can Read About Me in the Book of Esther. Give us a call, 1-800-324-843. Who is that fella? Okay. Now, I have on the phone with me this morning a, uh, a very special individual who um, in many ways played a significant role in a pivotal era of my life, and I might uh, share a little bit about that as we, as we go through today's um, interview. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, definitely a, uh, a Christian gentleman, and he's going to be talking about his father. So, um, Laurie Stanton, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ma. Now, Laurie, the, the reason that I've called you and that I wanted to particularly talk to you this morning is, um, is actually to talk about your dad. But before we get there, I should say that... Um, We've known each other for some years. We have. And uh, I remember, uh, I think you were the one who gave me my very first job picking apples back in the day down in Tasmania, back when uh, Tasmania was still producing apples. And uh, and there was a period there where I rented an apple picker's hut from you that I lived in. Correct. Oh, this is that apple picker's hut. I've heard about uh, this apple picker's hut so many times over the last 10 years. So it's good to know where it came from. Okay, so for our listeners, and I'm sure that um, that, that, that Laurie's probably uh, would have have worried for where I would have ended up while I was living in his apple picker's hut because it was a, a bit of a wild existence, but... Um, that was that was the time period, and that was where I found God. And it was Laurie's example of being a Christian gentleman was was pivotal in that experience. So Laurie, well, I tried to do, I tried to do the best I could, Laurie, and yeah. representing the God I love. Absolutely fantastic. Now this morning, Laurie, we want to talk about your dad, and the reason we want to talk about your dad is that um, at the annual State Fruit Growers Conference in Devonport this last May. Um, he was placed on the Tasmanian Fruit Growers Roll of Honour. So that was Roy Stanton. Wow. Correct. That was my late dad. Yeah. Now, I remember your dad, but I was a very, very young child. I think I may have been maybe um, six years old, maybe eight years old, I guess, when he passed away, something like that. Um, So it's going back a few years now. Yes. He grew grew up on on the farm that you uh, were talking about. It was only a very small farm then. Uh, but uh, and then he he didn't have a very good relationship with his father. But um, my dad, uh, when he was old enough, uh, went to work for the uh, carbide works at Electrona, and somehow or other, in the process of all that, I think he became quite friendly with one of the fairy family uh, boys mm-hmm. by the name of Mick, and somehow he. Uh, ended up staying with the fairy family at Margate, and uh, and uh, and that will become a little bit more obvious 
as we go through the story. Yeah. But, uh, uh, he, uh, at the fairy farm one day, they had a chap come riding a bicycle up the road and selling books. And uh, money wasn't terribly plentiful in those days, like. No. And, uh, well, what days but, was this? Uh, How far back are we going now? What are we talking about? Uh, we're back in the 19... Uh, early 1900s, I would imagine. Yep, yep. Sort of probably 19... Uh, 1915, 18, somewhere. First in World War era. Wow. Mm. But anyway, they came in... But between my mother and my grandmother... They decided to buy one of these books, and it was called Bible Readings for the Home Circle. Oh, wow. And, and my mother paid a pound, and my grandmother paid a pound, and then it went into my mother's uh, wedding chest, or whatever you'd like to call it. Mm-hmm. And there it stayed for quite some time, Lyle. Okay. But then there was one day when it was a really nasty day, and my dad got this book out and started to read it. Uh-huh. And it really all it is is a question and answer. It asks a question and tells you where you will find the answer in the Bible. Yeah, fantastic um, book. I've actually sold those books door-to-door myself, believe it or not. Um, I mean, I do have a copy of, of, of that book. It's not the one that my dad had, but I've since learned that my great-grandmother had exactly the same book, and she used to refer to it as her Bible. Oh, wow. And I I don't think my dad ever knew that. But anyway, uh, after reading this book for a while, um, he, uh, he he was convinced that Saturday was the right day to go to, you know, to keep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, um, at the time, he, he, he before this, he was actually milling timber at Hall's Track Road, which is on the way up to Cayuta. And Cayuta will become a little bit more interesting as we go through the uh, interview. Sure, sure. Um, now, just backing up from there, just to give a little bit of uh, geography for, because um, I- I'm sitting here and as you're speaking, all of these all of these pictures are just coming up in my mind because this is the area in which I lived and grew up, but this is um, this is sou- southern Tasmania, so south of Hobart, so if you, uh, what would it be, about half an hour's drive from Hobart going yeah, south? Yeah, not quite. 20, yeah, 20, 20 minutes. 20 minutes, 20 minutes south. Hobart. Yeah, yeah. So in, in that area there is what we're talking about. But anyway... He heard, Lyle, that um, his dad was going to sell the farm. Okay. And, and, and uh, my dad always had a very soft spot for the farm. Now, and, you're, so this is your grandfather then who's selling the farm? What was that? No. My, my, yes, my, grand, my grandfather yeah, sure. owned the farm at that point of time. Yep. But he had let it uh, what deteriorate and had gone back a bit. And, and this was an apple farm, right? Hey, this is the farm that we we lived on, sort yep. of. You see, mm-hmm. and and my dad went down to see his dad and asked him, could he have the farm? And he thought that maybe his dad might give it to him, but that never was, wasn't likely to happen. <laughs> and his father said to him, "Son, if you can come up with the four hundred pounds, you can have the farm." There you go. How would you like to be able to buy a farm these days that for, for four hundred pounds? <laughs> so cheap. But that would have been a lot of money back in those days, I would think. It was well, it was quite a lot of money, but my mum and dad didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. My my mum's parents didn't have any money, but they prepared. They were prepared to go guarantor. Sure. And uh, so he got a loan for four hundred pounds and bought the farm. Now, by this and stage, then, by this stage, your dad has married one of the fairy girls. Is that right? He had. He married Mary Fairy, who was my mum, and. Uh, 
a lovely person too, Lyle. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, fantastic. Mm. And but uh, anyway, uh, once he became established uh, at the farm, he he worked hard and put it back into production, and uh, and uh, that was the beginning of of uh, much greater bigger things as uh, time went on. Okay, so just uh, just know, before we go any further on that on that story. Um, my 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 recollection of the original story, and you can you can help me out on this one, is that there were a number of other fruit growers um, in the area who who thought that uh, you know you've got Roy Stanton here who is is um, you know running a farm as a Seventh Day Adventist Christian, and so he's running his farm on on six days a week, and so they uh, they figured that it wouldn't be long until they were able to uh, to buy him out and buy his farm out because he'd simply go bust. Is that is that? Uh, that's correct, Lyle. That, that, there were comments made in relation to that. The story goes a little bit further than that. Dad became a, a Sabbath keeper, mm-hmm. keeping Saturday. And there was a, a chap by the name of Mr. Fred Umphreyville who lived at Kayuta. Right. And he, he uh, also became convinced that Saturday was the day to keep. Mm-hmm. And uh, he walked from Kayuta down to the farm one Saturday to make sure or to see whether Roy Stanton was working. (laughs) uh, He he discovered that he wasn't working and between my dad and Mr. Umphreyville, quite a uh, a close relationship began and they decided to build a a church at Cayuta. Now, I've seen photos of this church. What, What was that again? I've seen photos of this church. Um, yes. Some years ago when I was back down at Margate, I remember seeing photos of this church, and it's quite a substantial church that they built. Well, it was, but it was because of my father's milling experience, mm-hmm. uh, he he uh, he actually cut the timber for that church, mm-hmm. and he cut it out of one tree, and they built the church. Okay, so now this is, a, this is a weatherboard church, and they built the yes. entire the entire church... Um, the fittings, the, the the church pews, everything within that church, the floorboards, the frame, the whole lot from just one tree. One tree. Either that Sorry. was a, the biggest tree ever or this was a church for ants. No, Monica, you, <laughs> have, you have not seen trees like we grow in Tasmania. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, certainly back there, they, the, 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 there was prolific you know, growth in in timber, and and uh, and Dad had the experience to to do it, and so that's what was done. And it's it's the church that I went to as a child, and uh, uh, and until uh, numbers started to fall a little bit, and so we ended up combining between uh, Kayuta with uh, a church or a group that were meeting at Middleton, and. And we ended up buying some land at Margate, and that's how the Margate Church became into existence, which is still in existence today. Sure. Which I went to last Sunday, well, last Saturday. Oh, fantastic! And uh, and and broadcasts our our uh, Faith FM program right there from that church building. Yeah, but one of the things that happened from there on, when Dad became established, we, there were two girls and six boys in our family, and they taught us to work, mm-hmm. and we worked pretty hard even from young age we were given a certain amount of rajvis to pick and uh, each day and that's what we had to do so your first job was on that your first job was on that farm and my first job was on that farm 
<laughs> because I can remember being about 12 years old and, and, yeah. and, and going to yeah. talk to you about whether I could pick apples during my school holidays and, and you setting me to work and, uh, and, uh, and, and picking ha- apples for pocket money. <clears throat> sure. I got some sure. great memories of that, Laurie. You have no idea. I have, I yeah, have fantastic no, sure. memories of, um, of the farm back but then. But then the farms became, our next door neighbour, the farm came up for sale and so that was bought and uh, it was put another 20-odd acres. That's probably some of the apples where you were picking, uh, Lyle, sure, in fact. Yeah. And, uh, and we bought that farm and, uh, and then added on to other farms and, and more farms. And, and the end result was that the family ended up owning about 1,800 acres between wow. Allen's Rivulet and Sandfly. Yeah, this is this is the uh, this is the this is back in the days when, of course, Tasmania was called the Apple Island or the Apple Isle, and sure. uh, was you know providing fruit for the the European market. Um, and I understand that um, the Sabbath keeping six day a work fruit grower was the uh, ended up being the, the the largest apple farm in Australia in in Tasmania. Is that right? Well, that's my understanding. I, I, I did ask a, a traveller for one of the exporters just a few weeks ago, uh, look, uh, was there anyone that produced more fruit than we did in, the, in, in southern Tasmania? And his comment was no, Laurie. And so and at one stage we were producing, uh, I think in the uh, screed that they did for the Apple Growers Conference, uh, it said 54,000 cases of, or cartons of apples, but I think our biggest crop in one year was sixty thousand lyle, uh, which is a lot of fruit, particularly in those days. Because you know it was it was harder in those days. It was less me- mechanised, and it was there was a lot more manual labour involved uh, back in the day than what there is today. And uh, I understand you were growing them some small fruit there. How much how much small fruit did were, were you producing? Uh, well, at uh, I think in. in in the screed that was done for the fruit growers conference, it said 50, 50 tons. But I know we've actually produced one hundred and fifty tons of small fruit, which is raspberries, blackcurrants, and strawberries Yum. in a year. Yeah, oh yeah. Sorry, <laughs> you are making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what about eighteen hundred acres? The farm grew to. Yeah, well, the, the farm itself. Uh, didn't have uh, the whole eight, 1,800 acres. Uh, in apples, we had 85 acres, and then there were other uh, paddocks and what have you that we used to run cattle and sheep on. Sure, sure, yeah. And uh, I've got great memories of uh, living around that farm, of course, and as a kid, spent, spent plenty of time there. And, and uh, of course, there was a big dam up the back to irrigate the whole, uh, the whole farm. Um, yeah, well, that's that. That's an area that my dad saw, and at that stage we owned, we didn't own any of the land, but he thought it would make a big, you know, beautiful dam, and we ended up acquiring all the land that was needed for it, and uh, then had engineers come and draw up plans in relation to it all, and we built the dam, and it covered 14 acres of ground. Which, 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 uh, yeah, that's a, that's a very significant size dam. But that leads me to another part of the story, which we'll talk about very quickly, because your dad was a um, an innovative person who, um, you know, he was, he was. As far as I'm aware, he was the first person to ever put dual wheels on trucks. He had a 1926 Chev truck with one single wheels, mm-hmm. and he thought it would be more advantageous to have dual wheels. 
unfortunately he didn't patent that idea and uh, it wasn't too long after that that trucks came out with dual wheels but uh, it's one of the things but you know I, I am convinced that uh, the Lord was abundantly uh, or we were un abundantly blessed by the leading of, of, of the Lord in, in relation to it all my dad was very committed yeah. and we, we used to have family worships of a Friday night with singing around the piano and they're things that have been very uh, dear to me mm, as I've, yeah. you, know, you know, grown up and, and, and lived through life. Yeah, and of course, um, yeah, and, and this is something that you can that I can see in your whole family and, of course, the impact that the, uh, you know, the Stanton name has had in Tasmania has, has, has just been tremendous. And, of course, you know, I, I've been in, in remote parts of the world on occasions. I remember being out in the Solomon Islands and, and riding on the back of a truck and, and uh, just in casual conversations like, yeah, this was donated by one of the Stantons. And, and uh, <laughs> you know, it's like you never know when, you never know where the Stanton name is going to, going to pop up and, and, and typically with, uh, you know, in a really good context because um, of the example that your dad obviously instilled into to you and, uh, and, and, and your family. Um, of yeah, serving he, God, he had a very community orientated uh, desire as well, and he served on the council, the Kingborough Council. He, he was he was also elected to the state fruit board, and he also was chairman of the Stone and Berry Fruit Board, which dealt with the raspberries, currants, and that sort of small fruits. Mm. Um, but he also uh, had a very soft spot for trying to do the best he could in the community and on many occasions he would get a few case, cartons or cases of apples and take them to the children's home that existed at Kingston for the children, you know, to be able to have fruit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, it's not many days ago I met a couple who uh, 50 years ago just got married and they were at the airport and... Uh, and my dad happened to be there just at the same time, Lyle, and uh, and he discovered that they'd just got married. One of the, the daughter, or the lady that was just got married, uh, lived sort of not just down the road a bit, mm -hmm. but he learned that they'd just got married, and he put his hands in his pocket and pulled out a £10 note and gave them to them. And, and they said, back there, £10 was a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So God so blessed your dad, and your dad was then the kind of person who would would pass that blessing on to others, and sure. uh, and 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 certainly, you know, I can testify to you know to those principles, and, and you know, and how they were passed on to you because of the example that you set for me. I mean, I was uh, I think I was fifteen years old when I when I moved into one of those little apple pickers huts there, and I think I was twenty when I moved out, and. Uh, and you know, I, I I lived a rough existence to some extent. Well, you know that. <laughs> sure. And, sure. But but it was during that time period that it was yourself and several others, you know, in my life who obviously older than me at that particular time, um, had such a profound influence on um, on on me giving my life to God and and being where I am today. And this is this is really a legacy that comes down from your dad, who you know I see here as somebody who's made a, a a total commitment to God. He has stepped out in faith and said, "Look, I'm going to serve God, even though everybody around me is saying that you can't run a farm as a Sabbath keeper. You know, it's impossible to run a farm on six days a week." And then has proceeded to buy up everybody who who made those statements. 
Um, and uh, yeah, what a testimony, you know. And, and, and it reminds me that, you know, when a person dedicates their life to serve God, God never lets them down. And I've yet to see somebody who hasn't been blessed for choosing to do the right thing. That's exactly right, Lyle. And I, uh, I, I pay tribute to the Saviour who loves me so much that he died on Calvary. Mm. And uh, I, uh, I, I pay homage to him every day. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Laurie, it's been fantastic having you on the show today and sharing with us some uh, memories from your dad. And, of course, it brings up so many great memories for myself as well because, you know, being so familiar with that farm and that property. And uh, congratulations for uh, yeah being um, added to the um, the fruit growers on a roll. And uh, but Laurie, at this time we're going to have to continue on. So thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Lyle, and I trust that uh, God will continue to bless the work you're doing. Thank you. We're going to listen to pillars of our faith at this time.
easier said than done. But there's a program called Forgive to Live, designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. Also in the Lord And He shall give thee the desires of thine heart Commit thy way unto the Lord Trust also in Him And He Faith FM, positively different radio.